All right. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to Pod Divided. Uh, today we got me, Scotty, and Spencer Baldwin, uh, one of my roommates over at Kalamazoo College. Spence, you want to introduce yourself to the six listeners? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Spencer. I'm Ben's roommate, like he said. Uh, huge Michigan State basketball fan. Well, mainly basketball, but football too. But that's a harder time, and that's another topic for another day. So, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. The no one problem we got today is all of the pain and suffering from the football season we have in the pod today. Clay is not with us, so he cannot rub that in. Ben, would you actually mind telling the viewers where Clay's at today? Oh, I would love to, Scotty. Clay is busy watching the 90 Day Fiance, a uh, recent binge watch for him. So we're going to be missing him, but <laughs> we hope he's in a better place watching the 90 Day Fiance. So that should be great. <laughs> not that the ball is right. over, he's just ducking the pod, but you know, it's whatever. Yeah, he just doesn't want to talk about basketball. Yeah, scared. No. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll start this one off today. Um, just kind of analyzing what we see from our teams, you know, what we could be doing better, what we're happy with. Um, really, whatever we want to talk about about our teams, we'll, we'll just kind of get it started broadly. Um, Scotty, you want to start this one? I would love to. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Um, I, I like to talk about football but I'm really excited to talk about basketball because Michigan's just doing so much better. Um, I've loved everything I've seen from Michigan so far. Obviously, we just had that tough loss uh, on Saturday against Minnesota. Um, but other than that, I've been extremely pleased. Um, I mean, I wasn't I – w- I was expecting us to be, you know, pretty middle of the pack Big Ten team. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. We could end up there. Um, but right now we're sitting in first place was not expecting that was not expecting Hunter Dickinson to be the beast that he's been um so yeah I've been I've been very pleased um and another thing that I think has just been so important to how good we've been this year is uh how well the transfers have done Mm -hmm. um Mike Smith and John D. Brown have been huge I mean even like I think that we really missed Eli Brooks in the game against Minnesota but Chondi Brown but played Chondi, great dude. That was crazy. He played a great game. Yeah. I mean, regardless of the loss, he was he was great He's in that game, which I'm I'm sure we'll get into that game a little bit. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Chondi's corner shooting in that game, he was the spark that Michigan needed. He provided so much energy. But yeah, yeah, he was automatic from the corner of that game. Yeah, no one else could hit a shot, but yeah, <laughs> Mike Smith had zero two zero yeah, or two yeah, points. He was, no, he he was tough. Yeah, he had a yeah, Jace, Jace Howard. Jace Howard outscored him. Yeah. <laughs> By four. Livers had enough. Livers had a pretty good game. But, Livers uh, played yeah, pretty so well. That was, that was one that we just want to kind of forget about. I mean, Dude, I kind of wish we did this pod before that game because, like, I would have been so much more excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I was. It wasn't shocking. Yeah. So it's a tough team to beat at home. They haven't oh lost yeah. At home. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. I've been really happy with it. Um. One of, if one of you guys wants to wants to go next. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just keep going with Michigan uh, while we're on the topic. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been extremely pleased with what I've seen from Michigan. Obviously, the first team in collegiate basketball history to beat three straight ranked opponents by 19-plus, which is ridiculous. And all three of those games provided me with so much serotonin. Yeah, um, that's great. But, yeah, I was talking about this with Spence the other day, but it's like I think it was when I was watching the Wisconsin game, but – we were like, dude, Michigan doesn't have one player that's like 
significantly better than the rest of the pack. They just have oh, like no. seven role players that will yeah. come in every single day and put up 10 yeah. and five rebounds and five assists. Like they don't have one guy other than, I guess, Hunter Dickinson. You can make that argument, but like he's had down games. Like even in the Wisconsin right. game, he had like two points in the first half. But it's yeah. like Michigan has so many players that could step up any game. Like Isaiah Livers mm-hmm. was supposed to come in and be the guy. And he's like, he's obviously like, he's still one of our best players, but he's kind of fallen into a role where like, he right. can like dish it and let Mike Smith score. He can dish it, let Eli Brooks shoot, like whatever it may be. Even like yeah. guys off the bench, like Shawnee Brown, Hunter Dickinson was coming off the bench for a while. Austin Davis can provide a spark when we need him to. But that's like one of the things that I think makes Michigan so dangerous is that like you can't double team Hunter Dickinson and get away with it because someone else will make you pay. Like there's right, so right. many playmakers that can like score at will. Um, yeah. Which – you know, honestly, coming into this year, I kind of thought we were going to lose a lot, like with, you know, Xavier Simpson, like we don't have that facilitating anymore. But right. like you said, transfers have filled filled holes and freshmen have come in and, and perform. Um, so I I love what I'm seeing. I don't even like I'm kind of I'm not I wouldn't say I'm glad that the Minnesota game happened, but I'm kind of glad know, they got it out of their eventually. system. Yeah, yeah. you got to get knocked down to earth at some point. Yeah. Right. Um, and now kind of get back to work. Uh, I don't even know when Michigan's next game is. but We, we play tomorrow at 7 against Maryland. Or Michigan oh, State. Okay. Well, yep. Michigan State might not have them for a while, but I'm sure you'll yeah. talk yeah. about that. Scotty, did you see that news? Um, that Michigan but, State's on pause? Uh, yeah, so yeah. we had three COVID cases. That was as of last week. Um, mm-hmm. of Izzo's son, Matty Sissoko, and then Langford. And then yeah. y- just yesterday, they came out that we have three more COVID cases. Um, and so they're down another week and they just got another game suspended. Um, and Izzo made a comment today that like, he didn't say that, like, we want to end our season, but he said, it's going to be really hard for us to like complete the season just because of what's going on right now. Yeah. I, I did see that quote by Izzo and I just thought it was interesting because I saw on Snapchat, a picture of, um, Foster lawyer at a big Grand Valley state party. While they were oh, we're out in them. We're out. I did hear about this. I did hear about yeah. this. Foster, you can't hide. <laughs> yeah, that, no I don't think that was his best decision. Yeah, um, that was ballsy no. for sure. As a former Grand Valley State student, too, um, you know, some of those kids aren't the brightest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah, COVID break, going to a different school, to a party wasn't probably the best look that yeah is one to see dude no, with our not. with our Kalamazoo college baseball covid precautions i'm surprised they yeah that they were even allowed to move yeah right especially in a lockdown but at a d1 yeah yeah spence you want to uh get into what you've seen from michigan state i know you have a lot on the topic oh, i do have much on the topic um so you would ask me right after that duke game i would have said this team's defense is absolutely scary and offensively we're getting there but we still need to find a few pieces but at this point in the season like it's just the question of where is the offense going to come from outside of um Aaron Henry they have he's averaging like what 14 a game right now I think and then in Big Ten play Rocket Watts is shooting like 20 percent from the field Gabe Brown a spot up three-point shooter 20 percent from three Langford's cold like Hauser's not doing anything. So it's just a question of like, where is that offense going to come from, from them? And I've been really unimpressed with it. 
for that that like three four game stretch or three game stretch that you saw and then they kind of got back to it um Aaron Henry started to take over that position of like the leader uh but then you go back to the to the last game they just had and they died offensively in that second half 18 points I think 12 minutes without a field goal like how do you do that as a prestigious college basketball team it's really impressive um but like again their defense was amazing yeah um, yeah they their defense was great but they just laid an egg offensively and that like again outside of henry they have nobody and i feel like that that next person has to either be hauser or rocket watts um but the biggest thing that i want to see is is to change the the freaking lineup because my God, it is not working. And Thomas Kithier, I've heard every single game announcers say that he doesn't do the big things and he won't show up in the stat sheet, but he does the little things right. I don't know what game they are watching because <laughs> I can't tell you one little thing that he does right at six foot six as a power forward. Like he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. He gets a rebound a game, and our two our center and power forward are, are averaging like three rebounds a game each right now, that's not going to get anything done. So I want him gone. And I want, I want. His or Kithier. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, Kithier for sure. I, I don't see his worth at all. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what I have. And then, yeah, just a lineup change with Sissoko and him kind of flip-flopping because Sissoko plays literally six minutes a game. And I don't understand why. Dude, I heard a lot oh. about Sissoko coming in and like, He's kind of like in his small spurts, he's looked really, really good. Dude, I, yeah, I, I agree. He, uh, like Kithier brings no offensive game. I think he's averaging here. I think it's like four points a game. Um, it's good. Sissoko, it's really good. Sissoko has a lot to develop as well offensively. Yeah. But as a defensive presence, a seven footer with a 6'11, seven footer with a seven four seven five wingspan, that literally volleyball spikes every shot that's near the rim. And half the time it's a goaltend, but I'll take that because okay. Kithier can't even jump that high, I don't think. Um, but, like, I just don't see where he only gets six minutes a game and Kithier's playing 12 minutes. I don't – I don't. I just don't see it. Yeah. So, Spencer, I actually had a question for you because I was keeping an eye on the game against Purdue, which that was the last mm-hmm. game that you guys played before the break, right? Yep. So, I wasn't watching it, but I was keeping an eye on my phone. And I didn't really see what happened, but I saw that Michigan State was up, I think, 54-50 with, like, 10 seconds left. And then I checked back, mm-hmm. like, 20 minutes later, and they lost 55-54. And, like, I I didn't see the highlights, and I didn't even – like, what? how did that happen? So, we uh, – they full-court they full court pressed us, um, and Rocket – they tried to inbound the ball to Rocket. And instead of just going to get the ball, he, like, tried to flop, and, like, it went out of bounds off of him. So, they got the ball back. And they got, I think they got a, a layup or in a free throw. And then somehow they got the, I think we missed a shot. They got the ball back again, inbounded it. And during, so during this stretch, Hauser was our biggest player on the court at six, eight, six, nine, going up against a guy that's six, 11, six, 10 for, for Purdue. And he had dominated in the post the whole game against us. Yeah. And I don't know why with like four seconds left that they had to inbound the ball and, and make that, that little hook shot that he made. Why Bingham was not in the game because in the three minutes that Bingham played that game, he had four blocks. I just, wow. I don't see why he doesn't, he's not in the game in that circumstance. 
or Sissoko again, because a bigger body on a bigger player, that just makes sense to me. But yeah, it was, yeah, that makes it sense was rough. It was, it was, it was a heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Yes, I was, it was just weird checking back and I was like, how, how did that happen? Yeah. That was uh, 18 points in the second half game. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's so yep. good. So good. So good. They're really good at that. And they um, blew a 17 point lead. That's good too. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Yep. <laughs> so it was just really that great. <laughs> um, all right. Um, you know, we can kind of come back to this and, and keep talking about our teams later, but right now um, let's get into a conversation kind of about players of the year players to watch just guys that are you know tearing it up um i guess i can start this one um someone that was looked at a lot coming into the year um as like a a candidate of being player of the year um was luca garza and i think he's performed you know as well or better than than people thought he was going to be averaging close to 27 in college is almost unheard of and absolutely ridiculous um field goal percentage over 60 i mean he can just play uh he's super projectable to the nba i think personally 611 frame he's not athletic he's gumpy but he big bodies people to the hole and he can put the ball through the hole well Well, see one of the things that i love about garza too and i think that this is just he's a defensive nightmare i mean he's massive and he can take it to you in the paint like like you know like Hunter Dickinson does, but he can also shoot the three. When you're that large and you can shoot the three ball, I I mean that is a defensive nightmare. And I think that's what makes him so dangerous is the fact that he's seven feet and can also shoot the three. I mean like how do you how do you guard that? Like he's not you know he's not as athletic as your guards or your point guards, but for a big man he's a, he's a pretty athletic big. Yeah. Um. I also have him as my uh, win award winner. Um, but I contradict you, Ben, in saying that he is not going to be the player or the player that you think he'd be in the NBA. I think he's a lot like Frank Kaminsky um, when I watch his game, except slower and less athletic. Um, and Frank Kaminsky is really not doing super hot in the NBA as it is right Frank now. Frank Kaminsky was the GOAT. I'll throw it out there. He was the GOAT. I agree. But I see a lot of, like, Frank Kaminsky and him just because they both had that kind of range, and they're both not super athletic. Um, but personally, like, I I think it's going to be Garza, but I don't want it to be because, I don't know, there's something about Luke Garza when I watch him play. It's just like, I don't like how you play basketball. And I think yeah, it's because he's so Yeah, I don't know if so it'll translate well to the NBA, but yeah. he's, a, he's a beast in college. Man. I'm not going to lie. College. I hate – I hate him. I don't know why. Oh, I, I hate yeah. him. Well, I hate, I hate him, him so much. He scored. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I last yeah. year or maybe the year before, I was at Michigan home game against Iowa, and I think he dropped forty points. Like we, just I believe it. Him. He can do that at will. First of all, he had a, he's had two games with over thirty points in the first half this year. Oh yeah, he had one like two days over ago. Thirty. I think he had one. I think he had one yesterday. Maybe. No, he had, he had seventeen yesterday. In the first half or total. Total. I thought that. He All right. Well, recently he had half. thirty in the first half. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. While we're on the topic, Iowa's offense is just ridiculous, and they can drop one hundred at will. Yeah. Um. They just. Yeah. I don't know how they match up against. Like, I don't. First of all, I don't know how they match up against a team like Michigan. 
from a Michigan fan standpoint, just because I think Michigan has more weapons than them, and they're very centric on yep. Luca. Defense isn't that good either. Uh, what did you say? Their defense isn't that good. Oh no, no it's, it's not terrible because they so can bad. they can rely on their offense to do that. Yeah. Like they can yeah. give up eighty because they can score hundred. Exactly. But mm-hmm. I don't want to get carried yeah, away sp- with that. We're um, averaging ninety two point two a game. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Dude. If they that's had a ridiculous. defense. I'd be picking them to to win the national championship. Probably, yeah. <clears throat> um, something else I wanted to talk about while we're on player of the year stuff is uh, an underperformer, which I didn't really realize was an underperformer until I checked the numbers before this. Uh, but Cade Cunningham, obviously, it's you know it's hard to carry a team like Oklahoma State that doesn't have a great basketball history, but averaging seventeen coming into the year with such high expectations, I'm a little bit disappointed there. Um, I don't know what are your guys' thoughts there or, or on, on any other underperformers across the country. Well, I just saw a crazy stat after the AP poll came out today for the first time since like 1960s, um, Kentucky, Duke and North Carolina are all unranked for the same time. The same time. As well. that is, that's a crazy stat. Uh, I'm really surprised by that, especially like, like, Spencer, you're talking about that Michigan State Duke game. Like, I was watching that and I was like, all right, these are two really good teams. Um, and Duke, um, Duke got out to a really good start in that game. And I was like, dang, like, Duke, you know, they look, they look legit again. Um, so it's kind of been surprising to see them fall a little bit. Um, North Carolina, not really shocking just because they weren't good last year either. Um, but they do look better. So that's a good sign for them. Kentucky was the crazy one. I mean, they were one in six at one point. Um, yeah, man. Like, they never looked good. Um, but they got off – they were, like, 4-0 to start SEC play. They've lost their last two. So, they kind of were gelling in the right direction. But, I mean, they're just not the same Kentucky that we normally see, you know? Well, they also had that game against Auburn where it was, like, 13-18 to 18 at the end of the half or, like, something crazy like that. Yeah, I, was I, very, I don't know what the score very, was. Nobody half, could make a shot. Yeah. Well, I, we, I was – whoa, I just – Okay, I'm recalibrating my brain really quickly. We'll get right back to it. Um, I lost my train of thought. Mm. Oh, yeah. It was halftime at the Michigan-Minnesota game, and it flipped to, like, a talk show, and the guy was like, you want to see some missed shots? Tune into Kentucky-Auburn. And I was like, that makes me feel better about how Michigan's playing. But, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, all the Blue Bloods being uh, horrible, except for Kansas – I guess you can replace Kansas with Michigan State. Um, it's uh, it's Michigan interesting State's for sure. Directly green. No, I know, but I'm They've just saying never that been group considered of, a blue blood. I know. I'm just I'm replacing <laughs> Kansas with that because it makes sense. It's like that group of teams that are historically yeah. like great yeah. in recent years, I guess. Um, yeah, but does anyone else have any uh, underperformers or underperforming teams, underperforming players, anything like that? No, I don't. I don't really have any underperformers, but like I really like Kate Cunningham. He's still going to be top one, two, or three draft pick. Like yeah, no matter what that OSU team, he doesn't really have too much help. Yeah, no, um, he has nothing. But yeah, yeah, he's still projected to go number one overall. I still think that if he like if he averages like twenty twenty two, he'll go number one overall. I don't even think it needs to be that much. He's what did you say he's averaging right now? Just under seventeen, I think. Dude, yeah. I, that that'll it's be like, enough to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, I really think. I hope. I like him. I think he's a good guy. I like the energy he brings to Oklahoma State. Um, Yeah. uh, Obviously, he played great in that uh, upset against Kansas. But, 
Yeah. All right. Going to uh, way too early final four predictions. Uh, let's talk about this. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to predict right now just because you don't know injuries, COVID. Uh, we have no idea what's going to happen, but just to throw it out there, just for bragging rights later in the year, if we get it right. Um, who wants to start this one? I'll start. So obviously like these teams have to be on opposite sides of the bracket. Um, hopefully to work, but so Gonzaga, as much as it pains me to say, cause I hate Gonzaga. I don't know why I always have, but Gonzaga is my one Baylor and then Tennessee. And then ha, this one hurts to say, uh, Michigan is my, my fourth team that I have. And that's just because like, I've had multiple conversations with Ben. I've used, as you've said, like, they are a very exciting team to watch. And it's not like, it's not because I hate Michigan that I like have a hard time saying it. it's just like, I don't know. It, it stems from a lot of like Michigan's always had football season. We've had basketball season. So that's kind of where that comes from, but I could see also Alabama sneaking into that. I, I think they're kind of like my, my kind of dark horse, even though they're still top 25 team, I think they're like a three seed that could, pop into that but yeah that's my final four uh yeah i really like alabama um i think they're great you know kind of like three four seed that can make a run because uh, they can definitely take down some top teams they're an extremely exciting team to watch um i'm gonna have to agree with you probably on gonzaga strictly because they do not play anyone and they will be a one seed and they will have they're gonna be the number one overall seed and they're gonna have the easiest route um, and they looked, they looked pretty good against Iowa. Um, like everyone likes to hate oh, what, good. what they looked, they looked great against Iowa. Yeah. In Virginia. Did you watch that game against Virginia? I did Dude, not. They, no, made, I they just, they were up by like 30 at one point. I mean, they, yeah. Jalen Suggs is a different animal. Yeah, he's, they're yeah. like, he's insane. normally like when Gonzaga gets into the tournament in the one seed as the one seed, I'm like, eh. Maybe they'll make the Sweet 16, but they don't play anybody, but they're legit this year. They're very, very good. But Gonzaga, I think, uh, can continue that, make a run. Baylor has been great. Obviously, they have a big game coming up at 9, right? That, yep. starts, in a, that starts in a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, that'll be very, very telling of whether Kansas is legit after their loss. Um, but I think, first of all, I think Villanova is very, very overrated right now their schedule me and Spence were going through it the other day and I'd have no idea why they're ranked number three in the country. Yeah. They, well, they, had, they have two, they have two top 25 wins. They have a four point win over Texas and a, a nine point win over Arizona state. Michigan, beat, that, Michigan beat three ranked teams by no. Yeah. I agree. Plus. I know. I, I yeah, agree. I'm not, I'm not getting angry. Don't worry. No, I'm not saying, I'm not <laughs> but I have no idea why Villanova's ranked that high. I think they'll drop pretty fast. Um, Agreed. So, Gonzaga-Baylor. So, this is me pretty much just saying my top four teams just because I have no idea what the brackets are going to be. And I'm not, like, going to predict an upset and say, like, Illinois to the Final Four. (laughs) Like, that's just not something I'm going to do. So, I'll throw Michigan in there, too, for reasons I've said earlier. I just think they're a ridiculously athletic and well-spread-out team with a lot of weapons. Um, and then Iowa, I think uh, their offense, like we've talked about before, is, uh, you know, 
incredibly talented, and I think they can put up 100 against anyone in the country. And if they can get that defense, they whoa! If they can get that defense to turn a corner, um, they're going to be a scary team come playoff time. So those are my four. <clears throat> yeah, I was um, having trouble kind of deciding my last team. Um, I I think that Gonzaga and Baylor are two teams that I just really think are for sure going to make it. They were, those were kind of like my two locks. They just kind of seem um, above the rest, especially Gonzaga. Um, and then I have faith in, uh, in my team. I, I think Michigan's going to make it to the final four. Um, <clears throat> I just, I love this Michigan team. And I am a little bit concerned because <clears throat> like in years past, we've kind of had these stretches where we look like really, really good. Um, like, I don't know if you guys remember like two years ago when we beat, uh, Villanova by like 30 something on the road to start the year we were just playing really well last year we started out really hot went from unranked to like number four um, so I'm a little bit concerned if that could happen again and we'll cool off and really not be as good but right now I've got Michigan in and then my last team is also Iowa um, I was just trying to think of another team that has been looking as dominant as the other three and Iowa is the one that I came up with. Yeah, they do have some defensive issues, but I just think their offense when they get going is just going to be too tough to stop. Um, Garza is a beast. And I just think that they're going to be good enough to take down anybody in their path and route to the final four. Um, And it was also just a lot of, I don't see anybody else. I mean, Texas is a good team. You know, Kansas, Villanova, they're good teams. Um, but, I mean, Iowa, had, they, they, they played Gonzaga fairly tough. I mean, Gonzaga did win it pretty easily. But, I mean, Gonzaga is a really good team. And Iowa, their only other loss was to Minnesota. And I don't know if you guys saw the end of that game, but they should not have lost that game. Um, I actually had a bet on it. I was very upset. <laughs> they had a five-point lead with 10 seconds left and lost. Um, but, yeah, those are my four. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of consistency across like the consensus top four right now. Um, <clears throat> I heard Dockich uh, during the Michigan Minnesota game talking about like who he thought the top team in the Big Ten was. And he was like, I am torn between Iowa and Michigan. Um, I can't listen to Dockich. I can't listen to Dockich either. I, I, I you actually listened to Dockich. <laughs> well, the yeah, volume Dockage. was on. I wasn't going to plug my ears. <laughs> Dockage also but, said that he thinks Franz Wagner is the best NBA prospect dude, in the Big Ten. I was so confused when he said that. I love Franz Wagner. I think he's a Same. good player. I think, he, yeah, I he had zero points I, for a really long I, time in that game. I don't think he's the best NBA prospect in the Big I don't, Ten. Though. I don't think he's the he's best really NBA good. prospect on Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> who do you think's the best? Who do you think's the best in the Big mm-hmm. Ten? It's tough, but honestly, I, I mean. Personally, I don't think that Garza is going to pan out in the NBA. I don't either. But, but I think that he probably, from what he's done in college, is probably the best prospect. Um, I like uh, Jackson, Trice Jackson Davis on Indiana. I think he's really good. Um, he's why, like I don't know why I'm blanking game. on the the guard's <clears throat> name, number five on Minnesota. Marcus Carr. Oh, uh, Marcus Carr. I think he – has the ability to pan out. He's a great, like, 
facilitator, scorer, decision man. He kind of does it all. But yeah, he's um, uh he's one of those players that like because the NBA level is so like individual based. It's all one on one. There's no zones really, and like once you beat your guy, you're pretty much free to do whatever you want in the paint. I think Marcus Carr has got that exact like basketball personality and that plays to his game so well that I, I have a hard time saying that he won't pan out. I honestly think Garza is going to be a late first round pick mid to late. Really? I don't think he's going to be a lottery pick. Um, I mean, I hate him, so I hope that you're right, but <laughs> um, I mean, dude, he's just a tank. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's kind of a crapshoot to be completely honest. Like, who would have thought that Trey Young panned out the way he did? Like, I called him a busting. Clay actually still gives me shit frequently for calling Trey Young a bust. Like, he's just a little scrawny kid. Like, Ja Morant out of Murray State, and he's, like, one of the best players. Like, it, it's kind it's of a crap small shoot schools in my will humble get opinion. You. Small yeah. schools will get you. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a crap shoot in my opinion. Best player out of the Big Ten is, like, Luca, Marcus Carr, Hunter Dickinson, I have no idea. Dude, Trice Jackson Davis on Indiana is really good. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I like him a lot. <clears throat> yeah. All right, let's get in. Now that we're talking about the Big Ten, that was a perfect segue. Um, let's talk about the Big Ten. Let's talk about perfect. what we perfect. see, surprises, underperformers, <laughs> um, how we think it's going to pan out. Um, I'll start with this one. I think the biggest surprise for me – has been Ohio State. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, they've been playing really, really well. They're a good team. They're a very good team. I, I well, I wish we had Clay here for this, but he's watching ninety day fiance. So. Ninety day fiance is just a little bit more. Yeah, better things like to do for. Yeah, yep. but um, also Clay, if you're listening to this, I hate you. Um, <laughs> but I don't even I, like. I couldn't tell you a single player on Ohio State. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't like I can't think of one off the top of my head. They're just a they have the uh, Aaron, Aaron guy. Um, yeah, I, did, I didn't need to know. I was just saying. Liddell, I don't know. <laughs> the point is, like, I just like I'll go through my phone, like, see what happened in the Big Ten on whatever day, and it's like, oh, Ohio State beat another like top fifteen team. Yeah, cool. Yeah. They beat Rutgers again, That's... like sick. Dude, yeah, they beat. Yeah. They just won on the road against Illinois. Who's, yeah, who's, they... who, who is one of what I would say an underperformer for what they were. Yeah, supposed to be this year. I mean, Kofi Coburn. Also, how did we not talk about this when we were just talking about best Big Ten players? Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn. Those are two great players. Yeah, Um, that guard for Illinois is insane. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I they were like they were number five to start the season. Um, I was surprised that they lost against Ohio State. Um, So Ohio State's beat Rutgers twice too, right? Yeah, they have three guys averaging double digits right now. Yeah, Ohio State has three guys averaging double digits. They're playing really good, like team basketball. Yeah, yeah, and Illinois just lost at home to Maryland too. I mean, yeah, they've got some good players on that team, but they got to, they got to, they're not going in the right direction right now. No, they're not no. trending. Like any any big game, they're kind of like not rising to that challenge yeah. at all. I'm actually looking at their schedule right now. They don't have a single. They have one win over a ranked team, and that was number ten Duke. And obviously what we've seen from Duke, they're not, they're not what everyone thought they were going to be. Yeah. I mean, Illinois was supposed to be part of this like big three in the big 10 with Wisconsin and Iowa, but that hasn't panned out. Um, a team that I will say has surprised me and has 
uh, established themselves as, as one of the powerhouses in the Big Ten this year is Minnesota. Um, and I'm not saying that as a biased Michigan fan. They also no, have incredible team. wins over uh, Iowa in OT. Um, they it's recently Ohio beat State. Ohio State. Um, and you obviously believe. the win against Michigan by 20 is oh, – I, I would argue – Well, yeah. <laughs> I would argue the win, sorry. I would argue the win against Michigan is their most impressive just because of the win margin. Like they did yeah. score with uh, <clears throat> Iowa too though. They put up 102 against yeah. Iowa. So But they did get a little bit lucky in that Iowa game. But um, oh, you need a little bit of luck. But I mean they they and they got themselves in a the position to win. Like I'm not taking anything away from it. But that, that's I'm like agreeing. Like I think the Michigan game was more impressive. Um, they also I'm looking at it. Why did they only beat Loyola Marymount by three? Yeah, I mean, I hit Michigan went to overtime with Oakland the second yeah. game of the season. So yeah. it's just college, they have, college they have some weird games, dude. Yeah. Uh, That's why you got to love college basketball. Yeah. yeah. They beat just Boston College by five. Why the hell are they playing these teams? <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah, Point is, Minnesota has established themselves. With, with the scheduling. Yeah, Minnesota yeah. – Minnesota is a good – Minnesota's a weird team, too, because they haven't won a road game and they haven't lost a home game. Yeah. They're just a totally – I mean, it, it's the Which games against Michigan are a perfect example. I mean, they played 10 days apart, one in Ann Arbor and one in Minneapolis. Michigan wins by 25 or something when we played. Yeah. And they beat us by 18. And it's crazy yeah. the difference that home, in a way, makes in college basketball, even with no fans. I was gonna say I don't know why it makes a difference with no fans other than travel. Yeah, yeah. there is no difference. Sort of you play on a regulation court. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I didn't think it would make. I I don't think it's making as big of a difference, but it's definitely like, still making decent difference. I mean, we've talked about this before, but like in the past, it's like if you play basketball in the Big Ten and you are a middle of the pack team, if you go on the road, you will lose, and if you play at home, you will win. Yeah, like ninety yeah. percent like, of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say Michigan State's always struggled with Purdue, and they're actually one of the teams that I think could kind of like sneak into that top area of the Big Ten, just because they've had their like last couple losses were like literally five points to uh, actually all except their Iowa loss were like within five points, uh, and yeah. like that Close one against Rutgers, the, yeah, Rutgers, Illinois, they beat they lost Ohio to Clemson, State. who's a ranked team now. Yeah, they beat Purdue Ohio played. State, and they're. They're coming off a three-game win streak headed into Ohio State and Michigan. I really think that Purdue could sneak in there. But, like like yeah. you guys said, like the Purdue is one of the hardest places to play in the Big Ten, at least every game I watch Michigan State play them, um, at Purdue with their fans because it gets so loud in there. Um, and I feel like they're one of those teams that's kind of suffered from the no fans because all of their – actually, all of their losses were away except the Clemson loss. Now that, now that I look at it. But they're playing really well at yeah, home. They're undefeated at home, six and zero. Yeah. And Michigan plays at Purdue on Friday. I'm very nervous about that. Yeah, that, that's a huge Big Ten game tomorrow. Is Purdue against Ohio State? Um, Purdue took the first one. They're um, both hot. Yeah. Yeah. Both hot right now. Uh, I believe the game's in Columbus, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, it is. Um, huh. but yeah, you know, Purdue is. They, they've got a great opportunity to get themselves towards the top of the standings this week with Ohio State and Michigan. They win both of those. They'll be 7-3 and three in conference. They'll certainly be ranked after that. Um, yeah. Another team that 
I this is the last thing I have to say on the underperformers. Um, I was just a little surprised kind of how far Maryland fell this year. Um, at sitting at two and five in conference play. Um, I mean they lost some talent, but Maryland's just usually usually a better team. Um, but I think that they're also a team that is is gonna I mean they had the upset against Illinois and I think that they've got a few more of those coming. Um I mean when they were playing I I really thought Michigan was gonna lose when we played at Maryland. Um yeah. I mean they were up by they had a nice four point lead in the second half after trailing by double digits in the first half. Luckily we got it together, but I think that Maryland I'm a little surprised that they're two and five right now, but I could see them getting some more upsets. Hopefully one of them is not tomorrow, but just something to keep an eye on the middle of the pack big 10 teams can upset anyone on any given day yeah i mean like big 10 basketball is so fun to watch right it's very fun to watch and at the beginning of this year there were like what like seven ranked teams in the top 25 in the big 10 yeah it's crazy they've got like 10 projected teams in the tournament yeah i mean it's a crazy year for the big 10 for sure but like northwestern and rutgers are technically on the bottom half of the big 10 right now and yeah. those teams and Rutgers started off hot and they kind of, well, I mean, so did Northwestern. Yeah. I mean, they're both, both three kinda... and five in big 10 play, but like either of those teams, if you play them on the road, like it's a oh, shootout. Rutgers has like, only lost, I think two home games since last year against Michigan. And then they lost against Wisconsin last week. Yeah. I mean, that, Rutgers is a scary direct. team too. Like you can't, just come in and walk all over Rutgers like you have been yeah. able to in every single sport. It sounds really rest. weird to say, yeah. but yeah. Um, They're still a projected tournament team right now. despite As they should be. I mean, they, they deserve it more than like the top of the tier, like Pac-12 teams. Like yeah. the Big Ten is just insane. And it kind of sucks because like these teams that are like at 500 or like slightly below 500 in Big Ten play that don't make it are like miles better than like the Mountain West winner or whatever. Look at like, Villanova's oh, conference. I mean, yeah, look at Gonzaga's schedule. They should be in it, yeah. but, uh, like, I'm just yeah, saying. It just – it sucks when Gonzaga doesn't I'm, – I'm like, not only is it not entirely fair, but I would also, like, the fan in me would like to see Gonzaga play some good teams. Like, that would be good basketball. That'd be if, I was, yeah. if I was a Gonzaga fan, I would be super pissed. Like Dude, I'm, the like I'm waiting all year for you to play San Francisco in two months because they beat yeah. Virginia earlier. Like <laughs> yeah, and like they um, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Okay. I gotta have that Baylor game postponed. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, they're supposed to play Baylor. Yeah, that would have been, been really so fun to watch. Yeah. A little sneak peek of the national championship is what that would yeah. have been. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, do either of you guys have anything else that you want to uh, you want to touch on a little bit? Uh, I wanted to jump back to Minnesota real quick, just because I didn't get a chance to really say this, and I couldn't think of Marcus Carr's name again. Um, but the, I was during that Michigan game; they were talking about like you talked about how that ten day split, and it looked like a totally different Minnesota game. And this is the one time I've actually enjoyed an announcer like talking about a team. But they kind of like broke down how Marcus Carr's play has changed into that. Instead of like, you know, jacking up a step back three contested, he's kind of starting to facilitate the offense more and allow his teammates to kind of kind of play through him. And instead of like every single shot has to go through him and then 
hopefully they get a rebound or something. So I think that's been a huge part of like why Minnesota is kind of trending upward and why they're starting to do better. Cause I think he finally came to that realization. Like it can't all be him. But yeah. That was all I yeah. had. Scott, you got anything? Um, last thing that I wanted to say is I think that this is a very important stretch coming up for Michigan. Um, so if you look at Michigan's schedule, our next five games are against Maryland, Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern, and Michigan State. Michigan State games at home. The Purdue game is going to be really it, tough it to go in and win. Yeah, if it happens, which I really hope it does. Um, I really wish that Michigan had played Michigan State the night that we played Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is huge because we just had our first loss. This is a perfect – I mean, when it comes to the Big Ten, this is a great five-game stretch to have if you want to bounce back. And I think that Michigan really needs to take advantage of this and find a way to go 4-1 and one in the stretch at least. And then after that, there's just seven games left, and the end of the road is tough. Um, so I think that this, these next five games for Michigan are huge if they want to uh, win the Big Ten regular season. Yeah. I'm excited for their not, Iowa game. Huh? I'm excited for Michigan's Iowa game because I, oh, I think yeah. that Dickinson Dickinson can kind of stop Garza just because he's, what, 7-1, 7-2. Yeah, yeah. huge. That'll be a huge matchup. I'm really excited to see what happens there because Minnesota double-teamed him. Yeah, you know, when teams double-team, it's so great because you don't double-team him and he can, he can find a way to score pretty easy. You double-team him, Michigan's got tons of shooters on the outside. Yeah, um, which didn't uh, everybody can make shoot the ball well against Minnesota. Right, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> some days they're going to be off. Um, but, yeah, I was just going to say it sucks that we have to wait until March 4th to play Iowa. I feel like a lot of our good games that I'm excited to see are late. Yeah, Iowa, Michigan, Iowa, really. Ohio State, State Iowa, Michigan State. Schedule. Yeah. Illinois, not until the 11th, at Wisconsin the 14th, at Ohio State the 21st. I mean, the, the, end, of the end of the schedule is really going to be a gauntlet. <laughs> I don't know if it'll help us or hurt us because we were hot off the start, but you know, right. it gives it gives these young guys a chance to mature. It gives I think the only thing that are integrated with the offense. Yeah, the only thing that I think it'll hurt is just like where they they rank coming into the tournament. I don't think there's any chance that Michigan gets bounced out of the tournament. I just think it'll hit their ranking a little harder, but that might help them just because they won't have like a team just kind of cut their throat because they won't be rated quite as high coming into that tournament. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like Michigan, Fox just re- released their new bracket today. It's got Michigan as a one seed. I'm expecting probably in three or four range by the end of the season. Yeah, I'd say probably a two. Probably yeah, with with a loss mixed into like Ohio State, Michigan State. I think Iowa, that I one of those late gonna, games. You think yeah. Michigan State has any chance to beat? Dude, we said the same thing coming into football season. Yeah, I yeah, think that, Michigan State has true. a very good chance to beat Michigan. I mean, anything. It, Michigan State's not a bad team. No, yeah. they just they're they're the coldest offensive team in the that nation one. right now. If I had to predict the two games, I would that. say we'll probably split. I agree. Probably. I agree. Yeah. But I don't know. It's hard for me I as think... a state fan right now to like see the bright side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. We've been so there. we were all football season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Both of us. Yeah, I was gonna say you too. Um all right, guys. I think that's all the time we have for tonight. Um so thank you guys for tuning in and go blue. Oh, green, uh, baby. Thank you, guys. Enjoy 90 Day Fiance if you're watching this play.